Welcome to the City Edge Church podcast. For more information, please visit our website at cityedgechurch.org.au. We hope that you enjoy this message. So let us get into this word. Um, firstly, I want to show honour where honour is due. I absolutely love showing honour, especially to our amazing senior pastors, Pastor Paul and Kate Bartolo. Can we make some noise for them tonight and honour you? Love you guys so much. 100%. Um, phenomenal senior pastors. I love you guys. You know that I do. Um, I adore you and all that you do for this church. Um, but right now, we're going to launch our series called To Tell Us Stay. Um, that's how I am pronouncing it. It might be To Tell Us Die, but To Tell Us Stay it is. Um, it is a Greek meaning for the words, it is finished. Um, these are some of the final words that Jesus spoke on the cross of Calvary um, that we can find in John 19, verse 30, which will be on the big Bible. Um, and it says, so when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. Um, Over the next few weeks, as we said, we have our Easter weekend coming up very, very soon, um, and I'm so excited for it. But in build up to the Easter weekend, we're going to be looking more at the cross of Jesus Christ, um, looking at more of the sacrifice. You know, we believe that as Christians, our faith is built around the cross of Jesus. Our faith is based around what Jesus Christ did on that cross for us. Um, And I just want to let anyone know, if over this series you have a question, you have a thought, you have anything, um, I just want to encourage you, do not let any curiosity become doubt. I want to let you know that we have Alpha, we have life groups for reasons, and I want to invite you to ask questions. Um, I want to invite you to really see what God wants to do in you throughout this series. Um, Honestly, the cross of Jesus is a pretty insane concept. So please, if you have questions, please ask someone about them. Um, Don't sit there and let it become doubt inside of you, but ask the people, go to Alpha, see James Allen, um, go to the Connect Station. We have resources. Please use them. Um, Fantastic. So I'm going to get into a little bit of a story, two short stories, actually. Um, And before I do that, I have a question I want to ask us all tonight, church. Have you ever blamed someone for something? No, wait. Have you ever been blamed (laughs) for something that you didn't do? Or... Have you ever blamed someone else for something that you did because you didn't want to get in trouble? If you have a brother or a sister, this is applicable to you. Because I'm about to tell you a story right now. When I was little, I was so annoying. And I still am today sometimes, and I'll claim that. But um, I have a big brother. His name is Liam. If you know me, you know that I love my brother. I do. I love him wholeheartedly. Um, He's awesome and I do love him. But when I was younger, I used to love him so much that I just wanted to be around him and I wanted to hang out with him. And no matter where he went, I wanted to be there. And he hated it. He absolutely hated it. Um, But I just loved my brother. I loved annoying my brother. If you have siblings, how weird is it that like you just love your brother and sister and just how fun is it to annoy them? Like for no reason. There were days when I would wake up and just be like, <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm gonna go and get Liam. I'm gonna follow him around all day. I'm gonna put on his shoes and he's gonna get so mad at me. Um, and I knew exactly what I was doing, but sometimes there's just something about annoying a sibling. Um, but yeah, so there was one time that I remember and it was my brother and I and we were at home and we were watching TV. This was before Instagram. This was before Netflix. Um, I was a baby egg. I was probably about seven years old, I reckon. Um, and we were watching old school TV, right? You couldn't even skip the ads. Like it was like old school. Um, and I remember very vividly that we were watching The Simpsons and I hate The Simpsons. I always have. Um, and that's how I remember it because my brother loved it. 
Um, and we were watching The Simpsons, and mum said, hey, can you guys start getting ready for bed? And like me being the great angel of a child, I was like, yeah, mum, sure. Um, and then the ad break came on. And in those ad breaks, it was like a mission, okay? Because you couldn't pause the TV. So you had to run to the bathroom, get a snack, get a drink, and sit down in like two minutes. Because the ad break would end and the show would start again. And all the teenagers were like, what do you mean? But literally, that's how it used to be. <laughs> um, and I remember... And that break happened, and I ran up to the bathroom, I turned on the bath, I started brushing my teeth, um, and then I heard the show start playing. So I ran back down to the lounge room, and I started watching again. About 10 minutes later, another ad break came. And I ran back up to the bathroom, and I got to the hallway, and I stopped, and I ran down to the kitchen, and I was like, Mom, the last ad break, Liam went to the bathroom, and he turned on the bath, um, and he didn't turn it off, and um, yeah, he flooded the hallway and the bathroom and a bit of your room. Um, it was Liam, though, so it wasn't me, but yeah, he did it. Um, yeah, and then I remember <laughs> my brother just being like, what? And me being like, yeah, 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 I don't, yeah, Liam did it, Liam did it, and mum got so mad. Like, have you ever dobbed your brother or sister in and you actually feel bad with how much trouble they get in? I, I used to do this. And mum was so furious. And I remember just being like, oh my gosh, I'm so thankful that that's not me right now. Um, but I was so scared of getting into trouble that I blamed my brother. And I honestly, I can't remember what he did, but I imagine like, put me in a headlock, chokes lay me to the ground <laughs> or something if you have an older brother. Tough love, tough love. Um, but just a quick story about how I didn't want to get in trouble, so I blamed my brother, and he got thrown under the bus completely, um, because I was just so scared. The second story I have for us tonight is about a time when I was meeting my dad's new girlfriend. <laughs> and me and my brother went over to her house, and um, my dad and her had just left. I don't know, I think they were going to the shops, but I remember that Liam or I were in this new house we'd never been to, and we were in the living room. And this was actually Liam, I'm not even fibbing. Um, and he had a ball, and he's like, do you want to throw it around? You know, and I was like, yeah, whatever you say. Um, so we started throwing around this ball in this living room of a lady I've never met before. We didn't, like, we'd never been there. Um, and Liam threw it, and it bounced off the wall, and it hit a side table, and it broke a vase. And instantly, the instant moment, I was like, I could throw him under the bus so hard right now, and it wouldn't be a lie. But we both were like, we can't tell Dad. If we tell Dad, we're going to get in so much trouble. Like, he's going to literally kill us. Like, we don't even know this woman, and we're wrecking her stuff. Um, we were so, so, so scared. So what we did, instead of going to dad and being like, hey, we're so sorry, it was all Liam, you know, he did it, um, and actually talking about to dad what had happened, we decided that we were going to cover up the mess. We decided that we were going to fix the issue and no one would know about it. So we like cleaned up all the glass from the vase, and I remember we put it in the bin, and I don't know what we did, but I think we went to any other bedroom in the house and just found something, like found a vase or found something, and we just replaced it, and we were like, she'll never know. To this day, Dad has never brought it up, and she has never said anything. So I would say it was a pretty victorious moment, but... It's still not good. Don't do that. Talk to your parents. <laughs> but um, we were so scared. We were so, so, so scared that we didn't want to get in trouble. So we covered up the mess, right? Still to this day, dad hasn't said a word. Um, but I was reflecting on stories like this throughout my life when I was little. And 
just this week, I was thinking about how scared I used to get of like my parents when I was little. I was like, oh, I'm going to get in so much trouble. Like, oh my gosh, I've done the smallest thing, but they're going to be so mad at me. Um, so much so that I lied, that I would just pretend like the thing didn't happen. I would hide my mess so that dad wouldn't know. Same with eating vegetables. I used to literally just wait till mom left the room and then just run over and like tip them on the ground for the dog or like throw them out the window. Was anyone else like that with vegetables? Wow, I must have been extreme. Okay, cool. Anyway, glad that you guys ate your vegetables. Moving on. Um, But in reflection to this, sometimes we can get fearful. Or sometimes we can get really scared that I guess our parents are going to get mad at us. And the thought I had this week was that sometimes I think that we can view God the exact same way. Sometimes maybe we're running around living life. Sometimes maybe we forget to do something or we make a bad choice and then we realize it, and we either don't want to run to God because of fear, or we can go to God, and we can just blame other people and other things for the way that we're acting, the way that we're feeling, because we're scared, because we're fearful. Tonight, I want to tear down some things. I want to break some mindsets. I want to help us all tonight to be able to understand that God is a loving Father. Tonight, the main aim of this message, and I pray that you understand that as you leave tonight, God is a loving Father. Um, Before we get any further into this, we're just going to pray. So please close your eyes, bow your heads. Father, I thank you, God, right now that you are just going to be able to use me as a vessel tonight, Lord. I pray, Holy Spirit, that the words that are going to come out of my mouth are going to speak revelation and realization to the hearts of every single person here, God. I thank you that we identify that you are a good God, that you are a loving Father above everything else. And I just pray, God, that from this night we'll understand more about the love that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, it is finished. Some of the final words spoken from the mouth of Jesus before his death. Tonight, I want to quickly address the when it says it is finished, these words aren't being spoken out of defeat or out of lack because Jesus was giving up. Or I don't want to just let you think tonight that it was that Jesus was so overcome by the world that he didn't have another choice and he had to die. That's not the word stated there at all. These are words of victory, words of power, and words of a promise. Jesus is speaking out of a place of victory, making a declaration that it is finished, that the prophecy of Scripture has been fulfilled, that it is done. Tonight, I have a pretty simplistic message, but I believe it's simplistically beautiful. But a message that I pray is going to speak fresh revelation or realization to someone here tonight, or it'll be a refreshing reminder about the goodness of God. So the statement of tetelestai, that it is finished. In context to the scripture of John, um, it talks about this with Jesus saying that Jesus, saying that what Jesus did on the cross was once and for all that it was a sacrifice made once for eternity. That's one thing that I personally love about the cross. Something that I love about the sacrifice of Jesus. That it is a never changing, that it's an always victorious, that it's a never ending promise and a victory that we can always look to church. It is something that was done once and for all, that no matter what your situation or circumstances, the cross of Jesus remains the same always. And in this world where there is so much chaos and there's so much shifting and changing all the time, I don't know about you, but I would be so lost if I didn't have the cornerstone of Christ in my life, if I didn't have a solid anchor to come back to. Forever and always, 
no matter who you are, uni student, a pastor, a business owner, a young adult working nine to five, anyone and everyone, this cornerstone that the cross of Jesus Christ is in our lives is able to let us know that we can have assurance of victory through every circumstance, through every situation. Understand that the price that Jesus paid on the cross doesn't become any less valuable because our circumstances change. Every day our worlds transform, our lives alter and shift. But something that is always the same is that Jesus Christ paid a price on the cross of Calvary for you and I. Whether you understand it fully right now or not, He did. I believe it wholeheartedly. There's a scripture in John 3, 16, you know, that God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, His one and only Son, to come and be a sacrifice on earth as a price, a price for our sins, a price for our wrongdoings, a price for our shame, so that we wouldn't live in bondage by the things of this world. And the best part about the whole thing, that no matter what we do, no matter how stressed we become, no matter how caught up we get in material objects, no matter how much wrong we do, when we receive Jesus Christ as the Lord of our lives, we are putting our lives in His hands. That we're able to come back before the cross every single day. Whether your week was a week that literally seemed like it was from hell, or whether it was a week that was just so covered by the goodness of God, every single morning, we have the opportunity to come back before the cross of Jesus and reclaim new victory for that day. The goodness of God is never ending, church. I think sometimes I just get completely in awe of this because sometimes I wake up and I forget it. I love God, I do wholeheartedly, but sometimes I wake up in the morning and I forget that God paid a price and was victorious for my name, for me. For Johanna, how insane is that? When we receive Jesus Christ as Lord of our lives, we're receiving that our lives are in His hands. Every day, every day, we can come and understand that He loves us so much. Understand that God is a loving Father. That in times of us not feeling the best, in times where we haven't had Him at the center of our worlds, We need to understand that He isn't going to be angry or disappointed when we come before Him. God is a loving Father. Tonight, I invited someone that I work with who's a young adult to church. I was like, hey man, I'm speaking tonight in our 6 p.m. service. Would love for you to come along. Um, He's never been to church before. And the message I received back was a pretty heartbreaking one. Because in the message, He said, you know, thank you so much, Joe, for inviting me to come. But I think we both know that if I walked into a church, I'd go up in flames. (laughs) What? I was like, oh my gosh, obviously he doesn't mean literally. I really hope he doesn't. But I was just thinking of it. And in reflection, I was like, how sad is that? That a young adult, a man who has potential and calling over his life, has such a distorted view of the loving Father of God that he cannot walk into this house because of the fear that he has about the things that he has done. And I was just like, what? And then he's like, let me know how you go. And I'm going to message him after the service. I'm going to tell him everything that I said in this message. I'm going to tell him everything about the goodness of God. Um, But understand that God is a loving Father, that in times of us not feeling worthy enough, 
He's such a good God. Sometimes I think, and I know that I personally can get caught up in thinking that God will look at our mess and he'll just be like, what are you doing? Are you kidding? Sometimes I honestly think, well, I used to, not as much anymore, um, that God would look at us, or sometimes I feel like we can think that God would look at us and be like, have you been playing in mud? Like, you stink. Like, what is going on? What are you covered in right now? Ew. And sometimes I think that we get fearful that we're going to come to God and He's going to be like, this, 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 you're doing all it wrong. But that's not the heart of God, church. God doesn't want you to come to Him so that He can make you better and correct you. He wants you to come to Him so He can love you. So we can show you that you're a son or a daughter. No matter how old you are in this house, I believe that you have a God-given identity. And like I said, I hear it from young adults more so. Oh, if I walk into the church, the building will fall down. I'm like, wow, it's pretty wild. Or they think, honestly, when I walk into the church, no, 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 like, I can't go to church. I just, I can't go to church. And I'm like, why? Because you don't know what I've done. And I'm like, you don't know the loving father. You don't know how much he loves you. It's such a distorted mindset of God. And it is a very worldly mindset. A mindset that it all matters about how we look, that it's all about our exterior. It's all about how we are acting in our life and what we look like. See, but God doesn't see the exterior church. He doesn't see our rubbish or our trials. He doesn't see how much we mess up. He looks at the heart. He looks at us and he sees a son or a daughter. He looks at us like a loving father who would give anything, would give everything for us. Like a loving father who would give himself for us. Like a loving father that did give himself for us. Like a father who would do anything to get his children. I have two simple points tonight. And then honestly, I'm just going to let us go into a bit of a time of worship because the Holy Spirit will speak bolder to you tonight than I ever could. But point one, it is. John 19 verse 30. The scripture we read earlier. I believe that the it in the scripture is referring to the fulfillment of scripture. But um, see, before the sacrifice of Jesus, there were many scriptures written about um, written about how it would happen. And after the sacrifice that Jesus made, there were many scriptures that were made um, in reference to it as well. There's one in Hebrews that we're going to read together. Hebrews 10, verses 10 to 12. For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. Under the old covenant, the priests stand and minister before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifice again and again, which can never take away sin. But a high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sin, good for all time. Then he sat down at the place of honor at God's right hand. Church, have you ever felt like you were trying again and again and again, day after day after day? trying to manage things in your life, trying to organize your world so it didn't feel as heavy. The scripture talks about the fact that Jesus was a good sacrifice. He was a sacrifice good for all time. Just as the creative team comes, sorry. 
good for all time. In the good time, the bad time, the mad time, the sad time, all time. In every trial of your life, whenever you are feeling great, whenever you are not feeling great, the sacrifice was made for all time. Today, a reminder for us all is that whatever it is to you, whatever situation, whatever circumstance, whatever trial, I believe that it is so important, church, to remember that we aren't defined by the things going on in our world, but we should be defined by the one who created our world. I will say it one more time. I believe that it is so, so, so important, church, no matter what your world looks like, to every day remember that we aren't to be defined by the things going on in our world, but we're to be defined by the one who created our world. We should be defined by the one who gave up his time on this world for us. Something that I adore about the scripture is that it reads, it is finished. The fulfillment of scripture finished. The price of punishment and shame for our sin finished. A demonstration of the love of God like never, ever, ever before finished. Best part about the scripture It doesn't say, I am finished. Jesus isn't on a cross to say that I am finished. We all know that Jesus was just getting started. When Jesus paid a price on the cross for you and I, church, He wasn't done. It doesn't end there. There is so much more to the story for your life, for my life, because of what Jesus did. It is finished. Not that it might be, not only when we feel it, not only when we're doing good and not only when we need it, but it is finished. A promise, a declaration, a statement of faith. Tonight, I want to ask you, What is your it? Maybe it's a relationship that doesn't seem to be changing. Maybe it's a business that won't break through. Maybe it's a financial need that is always there. Maybe it's an anxiety that doesn't seem to shift. Maybe it's a stress that's always floating around you. Tonight I want to take some time and I want to remind every single one of us here. No matter where you are at in your world right now, it is done, it is finished, it is paid for, it has been overcome through the name of Jesus. It is finished. Whatever it is that is holding you back is something that you can give to God tonight. It is time to stop trying to control it and time to give it back to God. It is finished. I believe that tonight we can walk in victory of this promise. I believe that a promise from God is as good as a fulfillment when we have an open heart and open hands to receive it. Sometimes we hear promises that are from God and we say, well, that's not applicable to me right now. No, that's not for me in my life because you don't know where I'm currently at. But I really do believe that we can receive a promise from God that it can be a fulfillment in our lives when we come before Him with an open heart and open hands to receive it. What is it for you tonight? Is it work? Is it relationships? Is it family? Is it stress? Is it anxiety? Something that I had to do was that I had to give my it to God. What it was for me was that it was my brother. (laughs) 
he's going to hear this podcast and he's going to laugh at me. And I know it. And I know it. (laughs) I love my brother, church. I love him so much and he knows it. Um, I was brought up in a non-Christian household, though. So none of my family ever knew God um, until recently. Um, Come on. But um, for so many years, I found myself... Oh, so frustrated with God. (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) Because my brother was going through a really hard time and I knew that his life would be better if he had Jesus in it. But it wasn't my call to make. Liam needed to come before God and he needed to make the decision in his own heart. And I would get so mad with God. I'd be like, God, do you not know that he is my brother? (laughs) that I love him and I know that his life will be better with you. And honestly, God, I used to, honestly, God, I'm praying now, but honestly, (laughs) come on. I used to get so frustrated in myself, church. I used to get so angry with God until the day that I realized I needed to give it to God because out of my own strength, it was never gonna come to pass. I was never gonna save my brother I was never going to be the one that gave him peace and love and joy in his situations. I was never the one. Only God and Jesus could do that. And I needed to give it to God. And I can tell you that this morning, my brother went to a 9.30 a.m. service and then went to an 11 o'clock service at another church because he didn't get enough out of the 9.31. My brother is loving God and he is living out his life. And honestly, I am so thrilled about it. But I got to tell you, it took some serious time. It took some serious me getting before God in the prayer room and just being like, I give this to you, God. Today I receive the victory of the cross for my life and I proclaim it over my brother. I proclaim that this is not my thing that I will hold on to, God, but I will submit it to your name. And it was a journey. But what is it for you tonight? Second point, finished. (laughs) The definition of the word finished is to be brought to an end, completed or accomplished. See, the prophecies about Jesus and who he was going to be and what his death on the cross would mean for us. It meant that we didn't have to be victims anymore, that we could be victorious in Christ. It meant that our mess would be eventually turned into a message when we gave it to God. It meant that our trials would become triumphs when we were submitted to the Word. It meant that God saw you as worthy enough to send His own sons as a sacrifice. Tonight, we're going to take some time and we're going to worship. And I pray and I hope that tonight can be a declaration for your life that you were going to give it to God. Whatever we are trying to hold in our own hands, tonight, whatever you're trying to hold out of your own strength, I want to pray that we would give it back to God. Give it back to God, okay? Because He's already taken it, but sometimes we can just grab it back again because it's the comfort zone or because sometimes it's nice when we're in control or sometimes we think that we know better than God. But I can assure you that tonight is a night where I am believing for every one of us to give back whatever it is to God. Honestly, whether it is someone in your life that you are believing to get saved, give it back to God, give them to God. 
Whether it is a business, give it back to God. Whether it is a need of a sickness, do not hold on to that in your own strength. Give it back to God. I believe that Jesus has paid the price on the cross for victory over your life for today, for right here and for right now. And I wanna invite us all to stand to our feet. We're gonna go into the song called Reckless Love and I would encourage us to worship tonight. But before we do, the lyrics of the song that we are about to sing, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God, the reckless love, the love that comes into situations and turns it around, the love that meets you where you are at and doesn't leave you there, but calls you further forward towards the calling over your life, the love of God that sees any situation and can turn it around for wholeness, the love of God that wants to meet you where you are at tonight and not leave you there, the overwhelming, never-ending love of God.